In April 2020, the Pentagon officially released videos of unidentified aircraft making maneuvers that go way beyond all currently known rules of physics and science. The question is, why release these videos now after 50 years of consistently denying having any knowledge of the UFO phenomenon? Today, I am joined by Nick Pope, who previously worked for the UK's Ministry of Defence researching this unidentified aerial phenomenon. This conversation not only opened my eyes as to what might be going on, but it also gave me some really deep insight as to what might be coming. This episode is absolutely crazy. You can't miss it, keep it locked. My name is Nick Nagarko and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. So Nick, you worked at the Ministry of Defence on the what they call the UFO desk, essentially. Um, and that what was that in like nineteen? What is it? Ninety one was it? Yes, I did that job from ninety one through to ninety four, yeah. and it was just one posting in a longer twenty one year Ministry of Defence career. Right. Okay. So how did you end up on the UFO desk, as it were? Kind of by accident actually right. yeah. um it was just luck that it so happened that, that you, they move you around you get posted every few years there are obviously tens of thousands of people in the system and yeah. it just so happened that that particular job became available at the exact moment that i was due for a move so it right. was right place right time i had no no previous interest in any of this i wasn't a believer it to me i was just given this and told to do it as my next three-year posting so what, what did you think when you get a call from your boss and he's go right nick um we've got a new assignment for you uh we're going to put you on the ufo desk well what 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 was your first reaction to that to be honest it was mixed because yeah. uh, on the one hand we were all uh, those of us at that particular grade we were all sort of young and hungry and wanting to get on and the jobs that we all wanted were working in in the private offices of people like the secretary of state for defense yeah. so it was kind of disappointing not to get one of those jobs on the other hand who who wouldn't be kind of excited to be told that for the next three years your job is going to be researching and investigating ufos and of course i'd heard heard rumors i'd seen it in the ministry of defense telephone directory it mm -hmm. just literally said so did you know that this posting existed previous to you taking the role yes we all had access to the ministry of defense phone book which was right. itself quite a highly classified document at mm -hmm. the time and we all used to leaf through it and see you know look for what we thought our next jobs would would be oh yeah. that looks interesting that looks like it could be a real high flying post mm -hmm. and then of course people had seen this thing that just said ufos and thought what the heck's that <laughs> could all these conspiracies be true yeah. Uh, yeah so i knew that i knew that they did it mm -hmm. but i wasn't sure what exactly we did yeah so you spent three years working for for the ministry of defense on this um what was your experience like how would you describe that experience life-changing right, right um i i went in there as i say with no particular interest in this subject mm -hmm. no strong beliefs either way and i i guess i 
as I went through those three years, I gradually began to realize, yeah, wait a minute. They, they tell everyone that this is all aircraft lights and weather balloons, but mm -hmm. there are cases in those files, um, our own pilots chasing these things, radar operators tracking them, performing extraordinary speeds and maneuvers, uh, photos and videos that our intelligence community imagery experts couldn't debunk or explain in conventional terms. And so gradually, as I was doing that job, I began to, to realize, you know, there might be something to this. Now, I'm not saying I ended up a fully paid up true believer, but I certainly didn't rule out some of these more exotic possibilities, as I say, particularly when the witnesses were our own people. Yeah. So would you would you say your from your experience at the MOD on that desk, would you say some of the reports and the information that you gathered would have consistency with the Tic Tac video that David Fravor reported? Well, that's that's interesting. Yes, I think so. Uh, firstly, just the fact that these were pilot sightings with with other aircrew involved, uh, weapon systems operators, mm -hmm. radar operators. The fact that, I mean, this, in a sense, this is what researching and investigating this for the government is all about. It's all about what the pilots are telling you and what the data tells you, whether it's highly technical things like, um, we, we call it MAZINT, measurement and signature analysis, trying to tell something you're just from looking at the data you have, whether it's forward-looking infrared camera footage, mm -hmm. things like that. Well, what can it tell you about the engines, the propulsion system? And so, yeah, what's going on in the United States right now with those the, the Tic Tac videos? And I don't know how closely you've been following it, but this has gone, this has been discussed in the United States Congress. Yeah. Senate Intelligence Committee has demanded a report from Director of National Intelligence. Yeah, because they've attached this to the COVID relief bill, right? So there's the 180-day deadline, essentially, to, to release all the files on it. Yes, a lot of people thought, what's that all about? Mm -hmm. Is it even true? People were saying, no, that's fake news. That, that can't be right. But it's absolutely true. Senate Intelligence Committee demanded this report. It was in an Intelligence Authorization Act, mm. but that was not going to get through Congress. There just wasn't time. So what they do is every now and then, if if a particular bill is not controversial, they piggyback it onto another bill just mm. to get it through. So so UFOs ended up piggybacked onto COVID. And, and of course, that started a million conspiracy theories, but yeah. it's absolutely true. Wow. So. Going back to this TikTok video, I mean, I was just watching it again today just to refresh my memory on it. The maneuvers that these objects are making, they just seem to break the rules of physics almost. And would you say, with the reports that you got in the UK at the MOD, were they consistent with that, within essentially breaking the, the rules of physics in the maneuvers and and the capabilities of these objects or crafts or whatever they may be? Some of them were, yes. So for example, we had many, many cases in the UK where we had huge 
um, often triangular shaped objects, mm -hmm. either hovering or moving very, very slowly. I mean, literally 30, 40 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So the opposite of what a lot of people think when it comes to UFOs, but then suddenly accelerating away to the horizon in an instant. And here's the, the thing which picks up your point about almost like a new physics being needed. No sonic booms with them. So normally when an aircraft, conventional aircraft, accelerates through the sound barrier, you'd get a sonic boom. In these cases, no. And uh, going back to David Fravor, who you mentioned with the Tic Tac, his great phrase about all this was, I don't know what it was, but I want to fly one. And when these yeah. Navy top guns yeah. who, who don't impress easily, say yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, but you know what? It gets even spookier than that because what David Fravor and some of the other United States Navy pilots who, who witnessed these things said is it almost, they were told by their radar people, go to this particular location. And when they went there, the UFO had already arrived almost like it knew where they were going before they were even ordered to go, which is why a lot of people say, look, there's so, so much spooky physics going on here, advanced mm -hmm. theoretical stuff. It might even have something to do with anti-gravity, time. Mm -hmm. It's well, that, that, that's interesting. If, if you have you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're aware of the account of Bob Lazar. Yes. What's your opinion on that? Well, Bob Lazar, he did, he really did work at Area 51 at some point in the 80s as yeah. a contractor. So that part of the story is absolutely true. But whether his points about literally, I, I was working on a government program to reverse engineer alien spacecraft so that the United States could have this technology itself. I, I, because I did this for the British government, you'd think we'd talk to each other, but on this we didn't. It seemed to be so highly classified, so deeply compartmentalized. Um, I was not read into this particular operation. So I, I don't know about Bob Lazar, to be honest. Uh, but one thing that is interesting is years before, before Element 115 was first synthesized in a Moscow laboratory, yeah. he was saying, yes, it can be stable. And that is one of the ways in which you derive the, the power, the energy that, that is the propulsion system for that. And it sounds crazy, but um, a couple of years ago, when the story was revealed about the Pentagon's secret ATIP, program yeah. um advanced um advanced aerospace threat identification program yeah god oh it's all such a mouthful <laughs> yeah but the dia yeah had to write to congress and explain what they did and they revealed 38 highly technical studies going into all this anti-gravity warp drive stargates so everything that people think is science fiction somewhere in the u.s government somebody has been working on it yeah and it, it's strange because if you look at um like the account of lewis uh elizander is it lewis elizander he he resigned because because he felt that the 
the the government or the the military essentially were hiding information on this subject and he felt there was an excessive level of secrecy with it and i don't know i feel like going back to the tic tac that that video is real these these pilots they've been trained for 15 20 years they know what's out in the, they know what they're looking at and they know if something is real if it's physical um and they know if it's they're looking at a bird or they're looking at a plane they know they know the skies they understand this they've been trained intensively on it um i feel that based off everything that i'm seeing in in online particularly and then it feels like there's something that we're not being told would you would you what what would be your opinion on that oh i completely agree with you yeah absolutely um and in fact we we can even prove that because mm -hmm. there have been some freedom of information act requests yeah. and so for example those those three videos that you've seen yeah. um in response to that freedom of information act request it emerged that there are uh, more videos and of course it, it's common sense yeah. no one ever thought there were just three yeah, cases yeah. where this happened and even the US Navy said no there are multiple events so some of these videos are classified secret some of the briefing slides and everyone from the president through to the armed services committee the intelligence committee has been briefed and some of the briefing slides apparently are top secret and now the media and the public are never going to get anywhere near that information even with the covid relief bill um well that that's been it's it's all part of it um behind the scenes for months now there have been classified briefings and now what's in the relief bill is that the senate intelligence committee want to report what they said is that their report must be unclassified but it can have a classified annex so in other words it's it's going to be the same old story the media and the public will just get two or three pages of fairly general kind of assurances and denials all the good stuff will be buried in this highly classified annex because Luis Elizondo he's hinted at recovery of, of craft being recovered he hasn't I don't think he's actually said it outright but he's definitely hinted that, that there may be recovered craft yes and of course they never like to say phrases like ufo yeah those of us who've done this in government we use uap unidentified aerial phenomena um and they never talk about i mean luis elizondo he'll never talk you'll never hear him talk about crashed spaceships it's or just aliens. not his language no he'll talk about metamaterials yeah. or debris allegedly in the hands of some people deep within government exactly and yeah. it is yeah. controversial and and the senate intelligence committee uh, i mean the first thing the, one of the reasons they've asked for this report is they are getting frustrated with the fact that so many different agencies in the united states over the years have had their fingers in this pie that even the intelligence committee don't have a full picture of what's going on in government so the first question is who knows what about ufos what have you people been doing in government so nick 
what do you think it is? Because <laughs> there's some, it, there's a, there's a physical craft flying around the earth at crazy speeds. There's definitely something there. What is it? Well, there's lots of theories. I, I can't give you a definitive answer. And in in your experience, because you, you, I mean, you've been very well versed in this subject for nearly best part of thirty years. Drawing, putting all the dots together, where would your belief system take you most? Well, put it this way. I think science is showing us just how likely it is now that there's alien life out there. And I think it's only a matter of time before, I was going to say we find it, but I suppose flip that around. Maybe it has I'm... already found us. I mean, look, I don't know if you've been following. Have you followed that story about that funny shaped rock Oumuamua that that yeah. drifted through our solar system yeah. i mean has that got much coverage in the uk uh yes um it's it's starting to but i think like the the joe rogan sort of episode really brought a lot of attention to it you have got the lights of the mirror and daily mail have reported on it um so yeah it is starting to get a bit of coverage that yeah well I don't know what you think, but if you like, I think that if if a story like that had come in five years ago, they would have dismissed the guy as a crank. But he's a professor at Harvard, so that- so one of the top universities in the world. And now, instead of laughing at him, the media are taking this very seriously. People are saying we should be looking out for the next one. So to answer your question, I absolutely don't rule out the idea of extraterrestrials and and when you listen to some of the senators who've been briefed on the tic tac and and the other incidents they've come out of those briefings quite shaken and marco rubio who who is the senator who who is the, the acting chair of that committee he said you know what I would rather this was aliens than Russian or Chinese technology, because if it's Russia and China, we're in big trouble that we, the United States, because they've done something that we don't even have on our drawing board. This this is what David Fravor said. He said that there is absolutely no way there is anything in the US arsenal that can compete with what these objects are doing and at the speeds that they're doing them at. Yes. It's three things, I think. Well, four things, maybe even more. It's the speed. Yeah. It's the maneuverability. It's the acceleration. But it's what Luis Elizondo has called uh, the transmedium travel, the ability of these craft on occasion to move like from traveling through the atmosphere to traveling under the water, mm. just as if it's nothing to them. It, it Going back to your question about Bob Lazar. I was just about to say. Well, it's something that almost n- needs a new physics if it's to work, or at least a physics that's way beyond what we currently understand. What Bob said was that these things are operating on their own gravitational 
field essentially so they're not using the earth's gravity to to maneuver they're they're in totally their own field which would explain the ability i suppose i mean i'm no physicist by any uh, stretch of the imagination but it would explain the ability to make 90 degree turns at a thousand miles an hour or whatever speed that they're moving at because the g-force on do if we were to do that in a plane you'd be dead from g-force but in these crafts if they are operating on their own gravity then it wouldn't matter if they were going one direction and making a, a 180 or 90 degree turn without braking that makes total sense now i'm not a, i'm not a physicist either but what i do know is that of the four fundamental forces in the universe gravity is the one that's least understood it is almost certainly going to be the key to interstellar travel and yeah. these these scientific studies that that congress got told about show that that people have been working on on this and the way the way that i understand it in i mean einstein talked about this and he said i mean essentially the way that that it would work is if you imagine space and time are not separate they are one thing space time in insofar as the the physics of it is understood and yeah. gravity affects and warps space time so around a supermassive object space time warps and bends so if you imagine like almost like um a waterbed I know this is a crazy analogy, but imagine a waterbed and you put a heavy bowling ball on it. The thing kind of bends and molds around it. And imagine another, an, an easier way of thinking about it is if you get a sheet of paper and you draw A and B, and then you draw a line between them, that looks like a long distance. But then if you fold the piece of paper up, yeah. point A becomes in the same location as point b well that's kind of like the physics behind it and gravity is the key yeah because ultimately i mean they had that i mean have you seen the film event horizon it's like an old film from from the 90s yes that was i watched that when i was a kid and that was the first time i sort of grasped that whole concept of bending space time um and i think gravity is sort of the only thing that does cut through both time and space if is that correct so yes completely so if some if a, a being was to come from however many light years away being able to fold that space time it, it wouldn't it would eliminate the require for linear travel because i feel like linear travel is is not really a viable option it's it's completely not and just to give you a mind-blowing statistic on that the yeah. fastest space probes that we've constructed so far yeah. uh, are those ones that are now uh, leaving the solar system so voyager 1 voyager 2 pioneer 10 pioneer 11 if they had been aimed directly at the nearest star apart yeah. from our own sun and they they haven't been but if they had been it would take them 75,000 years to get there. So 
you're completely right. Linear travel just is totally impractical. If there's interstellar travel, it, there has to be another way. And warping space-time is probably it. Yeah. Because even to travel at the speed of light, if you were to travel like the, the closest stars a few light years away, I'm Alpha Centaurian or something, but the smallest rock, if you were to hit that at the speed of light, it would destroy any craft that, you've, that you're in anyway. So there's, there's no way that's a viable option really, is it? No. I, I guess the only possible exception is that if we're dealing with machine intelligence, which which could then shut itself down for hundreds of thousands of years and and then just reactivate when it gets to the end of the journey. So it's possible, but I think in realistic terms, if biological life form mm -hmm. ever wanted to travel between the stars, you you would have to to do it through warping space time using wormholes that that sort of new advanced physics that some people are just beginning to try and get their heads around and it, it would appear that this sort of physics that, that we're talking about is consistent with the account from david fravor it's consistent with the account of bob lazar and it would also appear consistent with some of the reports that you experienced working in the mod yes and i think that's the the thing when you get that consistency when you get multiple independent witnesses and data points saying the same thing if you're sitting looking at all this as an intelligence officer you yeah. say to yourself aha there's the pattern and that's kind of what we're all trying to do at the moment spot that pattern join the dots make those connections figure out what the hell we're dealing with here and the thing is if if me and you as civilians can pretty much figure this out ourselves based off online material. What must the classified documents reveal? What do people in much higher places know? Because if we can figure this out, then surely there must be, we must just be seeing the tip of the iceberg. Completely. And I think it goes back to the fact that I, I mentioned there were top secret briefing slides. Well, in, yeah. in the United States, where I now live, the definition of top secret information is information, the release of which would cause catastrophic damage to the um, national interests of the United States. I, I'm oh. slightly, I think I'm slightly muddling the British and the American definitions yeah. there i can't help that but but yeah cause serious harm to the um defense and national security of the united states and you've got to say what could there be for years people forget for years the american government told people we're not even interested in this nobody's investigating and now it's like a 180 degree turn and they they say, yeah, we've got top secret information on UFOs. So like why? you say, what is it? Why have they released those videos? Why have they made them official? I don't understand. No, there, there's, there's, this is a piece of the puzzle we don't yet have because they did a, they did a kind of sneaky thing. Um, these videos, or one of them, leaked out on the internet. The gimbal video, wasn't it? Yeah. Then 
three years ago, the New York Times broke the story. And yeah. at that point, I suppose the Pentagon thought, well, we can't get the genie back into the bottle. But two years later, two years after that, they put up a press release on their own website saying, yes, these are genuine Navy videos. Uh, they're completely real. And the phenomenon in those videos remains unexplained. And then they did a, a little dig at, at the people and they referred to the previous releases as being unauthorized. But look, you're right. They didn't have to put those press releases. No, they could have just brushed it under the carpet. Which is what they normally do. And this, this is what makes me suspicious because normally, as, as you say, it's all denials and debunking. When the Pentagon themselves start putting out press releases on UFOs and saying, yes, this is real. Yeah. I, I ask myself, why have they reversed a policy of denial that's lasted nearly 80 years now? What's going on? Mm. And something's going on. I, I don't know why. What impact would it have on society? I mean, like religion, people's basic belief systems would would crash, essentially. If they came out and said, look, there is something here. We don't know what it is. It's not human. And it's got much bigger, better and better technology than we could possibly imagine. I think it could, I mean, we'd be talking chaos, wouldn't we? Well, you'd, you'd, every aspect of society, I think, would be affected in some way by this politics, religion, as you say, science, technology, economics, the military. Um, and, you know, most of all, in a sense, just our personal philosophical worldview. I, I mean, who we are, how we fit in with, with other people, what yeah. we think the meaning of life is if we suddenly discover that we're not top of the food chain anymore if we yeah. suddenly discover that it's not just us there's a whole universe out there and there are things that perhaps we don't even have words or concepts for out there i mean we can understand maybe the basic stuff other life yeah. like us or or machine intelligence but maybe there are things that that we can't even conceive of out there i mean people talk about multiple dimensions and time travel and who knows yeah it would it would seem not everyone can be lying you know like when i when i look at the account of bob lazar i believe him like his body language everything seems consistent with someone telling the truth and i mean you know you do hear about him saying he's he made up his education and there is some dodgy information going out regarding him but as one example from my personal perception of him is i just don't get the vibe he's lying i just really don't i just don't i just can't sense that he's lying and then you see other people like travis walton he's another one i don't think he's lying he's passed five lie detectors with his abduction story and yeah and I've, I've met Travis several times over the years, and I've, I've talked to him up close and personal. I mean, he is somebody who, who had this incredible abduction experience, whatever you want to call it, in 1975 in Arizona. And he, 
he was out with a group of other loggers yeah. and initially when when he was reported missing by by the rest of his team the local sheriff's department thought well they've killed him or something or you you know maybe there was a fight or an accident and they've panicked and these guys these guys were potentially facing a murder charge so look if this had just been as the skeptics say a practical joke or a a, a hoax to try and you know get attention or make money from selling a story the mo that, that's fine but the moment you start having american cops say well son you could be facing a murder charge here that's the point where you fess up and say no no <laughs> he's you know and that's he's in a cabin in the woods yeah they doubled down they stuck to their story they said no he was he approached the ufo we we all saw a ufo he approached it we were screaming at him get back get back he was struck by a beam of light we thought he was dead we panicked we drove off and and then of course as you know he turned up what was it three four five days later five days later yeah you know so and i've i've looked into the guy's eyes yeah and when and yeah he's a big tough guy who did logging like i say you yeah. look into his eyes and and you can see fear and trauma really he does not seem like the sort of person who would especially in the 70s who would take any glory out of an, an alien abduction story certainly in arizona like you like i just yeah he just you you just would not see that as something that someone like that would do and his account is so believable yeah as the the point is like like you say this this guy i mean 70s gang of loggers yeah. and these were i don't know if you've seen the movie they made out of that yeah fire in the sky yeah they the way they portrayed that was quite realistic these were a, a tough bunch of of guys there was probably i don't want to i don't want to yeah i'm trying to watch my tongue as well so i don't over stereotype but yeah i think we're saying the same thing here <laughs> let's just say there was there seemed to be quite a bit of fighting quite a bit of drinking quite a bit of i'm the alpha male in this yeah. group i'm the top dog these yeah. goes back to what you say these are not the sort of people that ever like to tell a story where they end up the victim yeah because these are alpha males yeah. these are people who who want to be like oh yeah if if he'd been making it up i'll tell you how his story would have gone yeah they abducted me and i turned around and i decked them all and i you know exactly not like i was paralyzed and i was on a table and they did stuff to me that's not what these guys are about no and i think it's in to pass you might pass one lie detector as a fluke you might pass two lie detectors of fluke. You might even pass three, but five? Was it five lie detectors he, he, he's passed on this? He, so either they're all in on it and it is the biggest hoax of all time where they've convinced themselves to believe it to a level that they can pass a lie detector or it's true. And if it's true, then that opens up a whole can of worms, doesn't it? completely because then our worldview has to change who we are 
um, what our position is in the universe. And, and if I often say that the believers don't have to prove a whole bunch of these stories, they only have to prove one of them because yeah. the skeptics need to be right every single time, but the believers only have to be right once. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think society is ready for this? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to be, I, I think I'm going to be controversial. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can even say this. Go on. I, I, okay, I'm going to say it. If you'd have asked me a year ago, I would have said, yes, bring it on. People are ready. But then COVID-19 happened. Mm. And I wonder, because as as real and terrifying as it is, there's no getting away from the fact that there's been total kind of hysterical panic over it yeah. and and total kind of misunderstanding of what the risks are and who's at risk. And, you know, if you look at the figures, I, I don't know what they are. I think I was looking at figures the other day and it was like the average age of a COVID-19 death in, and I was looking at the Scottish figures, and I think it was 79 for men and 84 for women. And that's yeah. higher than the average life expectancy. Yeah. And and yet, and, and so yeah, if you're in those groups, and if you're in a care home, you are at serious risk. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, you're really not. And yet everyone's, everyone's acting as if world, they are. The whole world's gone crazy for it, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, I, I know this is, this is, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it. It's a very real thing. But mm. when you see the, the degree of media overreaction and fear porn, and when you see the, if I can say that, and when you see the, the public hysteria, and then you come back to me now and say, are you, do you think we're ready for aliens? I'm like, no, I'm not sure we are. I, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's weird because I've I've watched this for so long and I've been looking into it for so long and I, I really want to know. But then now I'm seeing like these videos being made official by the Pentagon, which is a big red flag that something is going to come or they maybe over the next 10, 15 years where they might leak information bit by bit by bit and the reality of actually this becoming public it is scary yeah and there's a theory that says that maybe the authorities know the point is coming when this can't be kept secret anymore yeah. so maybe they know something is coming I don't know and the point is that in government if you know something's coming, you want to get out ahead of the narrative and be the one to make the announcements. Maybe bit by bit, kind of get people prepped, get them acclimatized. But what you don't want is in government that that thing, whatever it is, that revelation, that event happens and you react to it. So you, like I say, you want, you want to anticipate it and be seen to be in the narrative driving seat and that's a little bit scary because if it was just look there's aliens i think going back to your question about 
are we ready? If that was all there was to it, then I would say, yeah, maybe, maybe we're ready for that. So the implication perhaps is that there's something more than, than that. And I often use the phrase, a truth too terrible to be told. And what, what might that truth too terrible to be told be that's so scary that instead of just announcing it and saying, yeah, there's aliens and people say, yeah, fine. It's there's aliens and dot, dot, dot. Well, what's the dot, dot, dot? What do you think the dot, dot, dot might be? You must have thought about it. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. It's, I think it's going to be something that would be so paradigm shattering that it would collapse our entire worldview. So, for example, I'm just picking a couple of possibilities out, yeah. but you hear a lot recently about simulation theory, yeah. uh, you know, the matrix, basically. Yeah. Well, what if that's it? And what if us and planet Earth and even the universe as we perceive it is just a simulation made up by some extraterrestrial computer scientist like we're just one big computer game yeah and what if what if the game is coming to its end and you know so that's that's one example um another example is that it's just it's just the extraterrestrial equivalent of of some sort of high school science experiment Hey, teacher, look look what I've done. I've thrown together some of the fundamental forces and I've created this universe. And look, there are these funny little people running around on this planet called Earth. And the teacher says, yeah, that's good, but okay, time to pack it up now. I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not because, because that's... I think we have to think outside the box with this sort of thing. And and maybe there are other possibilities that that we like I said earlier, that we can't even conceive of because we don't we don't even have the language. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like asking an ant almost to conceive the world that he lives in. They can't, can they? And I think our intelligence currently is where we are. There is when we're very under equipped should i say to to comprehend we don't even we don't know anything about how this universe works we think we do but it's all based off knowledge we've built up over the last few hundred years where yeah. there, there may be civilizations who've been around for millions of years and think of the knowledge that they're going to build up over that time yeah there's just sure yeah. when you when you think of human history and when you think of the western explorers meeting like indigenous peoples yeah. and you think of that gap in technology but then as you say in a, in a universe nearly 14 billion years old there might be civilizations out there with millions of years head start over us and to us i think they would be indistinguishable from gods and their yeah. technology would be indistinguishable from magic exactly and and it goes back to your point about the ants. Yeah, ants in their way are pretty smart. I mean, they have a, they have a fairly highly structured society. 
they they make very complex nests they perceive their immediate environment but there's a limit to that they don't understand for example fundamental forces of physics like like you know electromagnetic forces and strong nuclear weak nuclear gravitational they don't have those concepts let alone those those words or that understanding and so somewhere in that hierarchy we are the ants and up there are the you know the whatever the equivalent is of the gap between us and ants yeah what would be your prediction for how things are going to pan out over the next 12 months well we're definitely going to get this report that director of national intelligence has to send to congress as i say the public and the media might not get to see much more than an unclassified summary but it will take us further forward and then congress will know more about this and what we don't yet know is is how president biden is going to handle this subject kamala harris as vice president she was on that senate intelligence committee so maybe she already knows maybe she's the one to watch but um it's it's going to be exciting times we'll probably see more of those videos come out we'll probably hear more pilots talk about their encounters we're definitely going to see i mean the british government uh, there are going to be more ministry of defense ufo files released right. shortly so so there's a whole lot of things that are going to happen i don't know whether it's going to even taken collectively constitute what the ufo community calls disclosure with a big d but it's yeah. gonna take us a, a lot further forward i think from from even today and today is is way further forward than we were three years ago how is the american mainstream media perception on this are they still talking about it like it's a a subject for lunatics or are they more open to the concept of this being real no it's changed this has been on the three big uh, news networks here abc cbs nbc it's been on the big cable channels like fox and cnn it's been in the new york times the washington post politico yeah. fairly serious coverage sure from time to time you get you know i I've done I've done TV shows on this. I mean serious news reports, but they still start off with the X-Files music. Yeah. You can't can't quite get away from that. But are you busier now doing stuff like this than you were a year ago? I am I am just so incredibly busy with this. It's unbelievable. I mean almost every day I I get like a request from a journalist running a story, a TV network wants to do a new series um there's so much going on this has come out of the fringe and into the mainstream but let me let me ask you i mean i'm i'm obviously a a brit who's lived in the us since 2012 now yeah. how let me turn your question back and say how how is all this being covered in the uk i would say it's being covered i mean you are like i said earlier you are getting some mainstream platforms discussing it like the Daily Mail, the Mirror have seen it, the Express. But even those platforms, they're quite extreme 
in its sense. Like the Daily Mail's always got an extreme opinion about something. And it's always talking about Armageddon from some comet here. But when you read it, it's like 20 million miles away or some, you know, it's, it's clickbait, you know, content constantly from those platforms. But the fact that it's being covered is a turning point, I would say. But I would say it is, it is American media that is popular in the UK where that is propelling this theory and I feel like because there is so much crap attached to this subject there's so many lunatics online that the quality information that does come forward and people like yourself who who speak out on this subject that there's so much shadow of you know shit that <laughs> essentially attached to this that I feel like it's only very slightly starting to be taken seriously in the UK. Um, but there is still very much the, the stigma of, oh, conspiracy theory, crazy UFO people. I mean, yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. And it's a shame because, I mean, I, I speak out quite a bit on conspiracy theories and, and the, you know, a, a lot of them, are wide of the mark but but some conspiracies turn out to be true i mean there are real conspiracies there are real cover-ups all the time and yeah there are some crazy ones but let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. i mean the the ultimate irony is that with ufos for example a lot of the people who who are quite serious about conspiracy theories are like oh yeah the ufo you know the idea that the government's secretly investigating that that's a crazy conspiracy theory and then it turned out well those conspiracy theories were actually right the pentagon did have this secret program the navy were chasing these things and filming them from their jets and now they've put out the press releases saying yeah we did so yeah. So that's a great example of a conspiracy theory that turned out to be true. So even if some conspiracy theories are wider the mark, I think it's a really dangerous, slippery slope to say all conspiracy theories are wrong and people that subscribe to them are crazy. Because when you start doing that, what, you, what you're really saying is trust your government on everything and believe everything that authorities tell you to do. Like, well, no, no. Exactly. I think a big smoking gun for me is the, the, the Roswell incident is the fact that they reported that you can see this, the news clippings are still out there. You can still see them online of recovered flying saucer. It was all over the news. And then they retracted that and said it was uh, a weather balloon or whatever, whatever they're saying that it was. You don't, a weather balloon and a flying saucer are two very different objects. And I don't see how you could, you could mistake one for the other. And the fact that it was leaked by, it was the, the army had told, the military had told the press, we've, we've covered one, recovered one of these things. And then it made national news to then be retracted. That doesn't add up for me. No, and I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because most people don't realize 
what you just said, that it was the US military itself that first put out this story. People seem to think that this happened and then the military immediately stepped in to shut it down. But as you say, at first, the military contacted the local media and said, we have recovered one of these mysterious flying discs that has been... Because there was loads of reporting of them in the skies around America at that time, wasn't there? Yes, for about two weeks, three weeks running up to Roswell, this had been national and international news. And people had talked about, some people called them flying saucers, some people called them discs, but they they had been exciting the world's media. And then it was... Like you just said, the U.S. military said, we have recovered one. And then 24 hours later, they said, no, it was just a weather balloon. And as you say, a weather balloon, I mean, a weather balloon, is it's just a balloon. And it's round and it's a ball and a disc is a disc. It's two different shapes. Like, I don't, there's, there's no way you could be confused between the two. Certainly not the military. No, and, and this particular part of the United States, they did a lot of weather balloon launches. They were coming across crashed weather balloons all the time. It was no big deal. Yeah. It's a very, very strange time for this subject, but I think it's an also exciting time. But the reality of it now starting to make its way into the mainstream and the fact that we may start seeing some real evidence of this coming forward or being told by the powers that be or the governments or whatever, it is scary. And I think in the next six months or the year, if we have this conversation again, I think we may be looking at this very differently. I think so too. It's, it is scary, but it's exciting too. And yep. just to think that we might be at a turning point in human history. It's, uh, yeah, watch this space. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nick. I have absolutely loved this. This has been brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, thanks. It's been great ch chatting to you about this. And, and I, I hope everyone watching finds it interesting and thought-provoking.